Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. We made it literally on the second that it started. Like <laughs> we were like, "Hey, how long is that? when does it start?" I was like, "Oh, oh my goodness, it's starting two seconds." We literally just sat down. So <laughs> <laughs> on a rush with me. Yeah. I realized. <laughs> well, anyway, we're happy to be back. Uh, give us just a second here to. Get up and running. I was having some technical difficulties with the Facebook stream because the Facebook stream didn't start automatically like it normally does. And then I was like trying to share it and it was like nowhere to be found. So let's do this. I'm going to start a watch party. Yay. Watch party here. Uh, okay. And let's start here. Do, do, do. How does this thing work? Okay, this is fun. Are you having fun? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is fun. I, oh my goodness. I like when, when starting off is such a fun adventure like it is right now. It is absolutely crazy sometimes getting started with this podcast. There we go. Another watch party. Have you figured out your watch party? Uh, Yay. Okay. Uh, let me just get the chat up on this computer, and then we'll be going. But yeah, this <laughs> week we're going to be talking about something very important, which is Savior Complex. Do any of you have Savior Complex? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah it's, if you ask me, my personal development journey, one of the biggest challenges I've had is a huge Savior Complex. And sometimes I get lost trying to save people that don't want to be saved or that aren't ready for change or that nothing is enough for them and then I feel like an absolute failure. Um, yeah. You also sometimes stay up all night worrying about people trying to f help them when they're not ready to receive help. Yes, definitely. When it comes to friends or family, definitely. I feel like sometimes I, I worry too too much. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I, I'm just slapping her in the face with the uh, with the I, microphone. I, I, got some lipstick on the microphone perfect perfect <laughs> yeah i'm a very violent boyfriend by the way <laughs> um you guys should be concerned for her well-being because yeah this microphone thing it's crazy okay so anyway while i bring this up i want you guys to start reflecting on how many times have you guys gotten lost trying to say people that aren't ready to receive help or that devalue you and how much do you depend on helping others to feel good about yourself and how much are you escaping into project people uh, to avoid your your responsibilities or your own problems like there are certain types of people that in order to feel good about themselves they have to help others yeah and I include myself as one of those people at times I have certainly had a, a challenge where during extended periods of my life, I have gotten lost trying to save people, but many times I've done it when I felt bad with my own personal life, when I felt bad with my own projects. And when I've been stuck, I go, okay, I'm going to save everyone else to feel useful. And then my problems in my own personal life keep growing and growing and growing. So how do we approach helping people and saving people without getting lost or without investing in the wrong people? That is something I want to explore today because there are many people that are worthy of your help. There are many people that are ready to receive your help. There are a lot of people that are grateful for your help. And it feels great to help them. 
but not a lot of them value it. Like there's going to, you're going to want to help people, but they're not going to be, they're not going to value it. They're going to make you feel less or they're not, they don't want help. And today we're yeah. going to talk about that. How, how you can help people, how, and to choose, like, I, I guess I could say this to choose your battles, pick your battles, pick, yeah. uh, pick your battles wisely because, um, for example, Yannick is, is, <laughs> He's very earthly. Like his first element is fiery, but he's also very earthly. And sometimes even as his girlfriend, yes, he he can help me. Um, but there are some things that he goes over the top trying to save me. me. Never. And I'm just like, okay, I appreciate your help, but maybe letting me come like make a mistake and then learn from it would have been nice. And Yannick is very much to put others before what he needs. And we've been trying lies. to work on that. Lies, all lies. <laughs> because it is something, when you try to help someone, you can lose yourself in the process. And myself, I've had um, boyfriends in the past that I try to help. And then they suck me into their world of um, whatever mess that they are in. And I feel like I, I have to be there. I feel like I'm obligated to help because I'm dating that person. And sometimes we get lost in that situation and we we want to be there. And sometimes it could go like it could blow up on your face because that person can pull away um, more. And then... Um, or that person will just use you for the fact that you're always there. And it, it, can, it can happen in different ways. It can happen financially. Like I've had ex-boyfriends uh, use me just because I, I was able to give them money at that time. Um, it can happen emotionally just because they weren't emotionally stable and I was in a good place in my life. They used me to, to, to feel like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. To feel better about themselves. To feel better about themselves, exactly. And it can it could come in many different ways, as well as my family. Um, I have, I have a cousin that's m more like a brother, and I've always been trying to help him, like all the time, um, with his drug situation, with his alcohol addiction, all of that. And I was letting myself get sucked into his world and being worried and just not being able to sleep. And that happens to me a lot with my family members. Sometimes I I care about them too over the top that I lose sleep, that I start being um, just rude to everyone around me in that moment. I start getting frustrated. And once... You are when you get worried about someone or when you're trying to save someone and it starts bothering you or it starts messing with your personal life, that's when you know you've you're maybe you're you've taken it you've been taking it yeah. too far. No, it it we gotta be very careful when it comes to saving people. Like there's value in saving people, there's value in helping people. Obviously, we need to be compassionate, we need to be caring, but we need to pick the right people to help and the right moment to help because some people might not be ready to help receive you right now, but maybe six months down the road, they'll be ready. Maybe uh, the way in which you're helping them is not what they need right now. Maybe you're helping them based on your personal context 
and your goals and your ambitions and your opinions, but maybe that's not what that person needs right now and that's why it's not working. But ultimately, you have to analyze what's working, what's not working, and why is it working and why is it not working. And what you have to be careful with is not falling into those situations where you're helping people where nothing is ever enough or people that are using you and manipulating you or that tell you all the right words, but their actions are not aligned with, with you or with what, like, basically they might tell you, oh, thank you, I love you, I value you, blah, 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 but they treat you like shit. I mean, be careful with that. Uh, there are people that don't tell you all the magical words, but actually are there for you. They might be more private and less expressive, but will be there for you. So make sure to see beyond just face value stuff and analyze, is this working? Is it not? How can I make it better? How can I uh, improve this situation? And am I helping them for generous reasons or for selfish reasons? Am I helping them because I want something in return? Am I saving them because I'm trying to escape from my reality? That's also something that happens. I know I've sometimes saved people because I was in a shitty situation and I wanted to escape from my reality. And it was a project like, yeah, I'm going to help this person. I'm going to feel better about myself. And just be aware when you're doing it for the wrong reasons, because it... Uh, when you do it for the wrong reasons, it's not going to have the impact that on anyone that 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 is desired. And it, see also when you've lost yourself, when you've forgotten about yourself in the process, because it's important to be generous. But yes, sometimes you've got to think about yourself too. And it's not about one or the other. It's not a zero-sum game of either this person wins or I win. We can all win, right? And that's something that it takes time to be like, okay, these are my needs. These are the needs of this other person and how can we make sure that all the needs are met? But that's something that I often forget. Like Des said in the beginning, I'm very good at putting other people's needs before my own. And then I forget about my own needs and I just, I mean, all of a sudden I'm I'm eating terrible food, I'm sleeping terribly, I'm in very uncomfortable situations, I'm in a lot of stress and I just kind of absorb everyone else's problems and then just make sure that everyone else is fed good food. Everyone else is uh, in a comfortable situation. Everyone else is happy. And then as long as everyone else is happy, I just like, oh, okay. I, I, I figured it out. But then I forget, what about me? And uh, sometimes taking care of myself leads me to being more generous with people and more inclusive with people. And sometimes being a little bit selfish gives you the resources to help more people at the same time. I mean, yeah. I'm in personal development, and this is one of the hardest things for me is I'm very ethical. I care about very important values about generosity, not manipulating people, non, not doing unethical sales tactics, blah, 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 blah. But sometimes I get to the extreme. I'm like, ah, here's everyone, everything for free, everything for free, everything for free. And I was like, but I need to eat and I need to increase my resources to help more people. And then, okay, then I get super fiery and I get back on track and I sell myself and I do mega events and I get on stage in front of hundreds and hundreds of people. I get on TV, I get on the radio and then, oh, but someone in my life needs my help. I'm going to go save them. And then I forget about myself again. Why are you pointing at me? Oh, I go save them. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that that's one of the things that happens that sometimes we 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 get lost and we forget about ourselves. And sometimes just remembering, you know what? I need a little bit of uh, support. I need a little bit of help. I need a little bit of, you know, I need some stimulus. I need to spoil myself right now. I need to boost myself up right now. And in Develop the to talk about this. There are activities, environments, actions, things we can do, relationships we can build that fill us with energy, fill us with peace, fill us with confidence, 
And yes, yeah, sometimes we've got to do things that look like a distraction and look like they're a selfish act, but they give us the energy and the confidence and the inner peace to face our challenges and to be generous and inclusive with people. And sometimes we forget the importance of that. And we yeah, skip it's that. okay. It's okay to, f- to be selfish um, because uh, it's like the saying that I always remember in every podcast, the one with the airplane. Oh, yeah. When you get on an airplane, if the oxygen level uh, goes down, masks drop. And the first thing they tell you is first put the mask on yourself and then the people you're taking care of. Because if not, what happens? If you pass out and you die, then you can't save the other people. Exactly. And this is this is a situation that happened to me um, n- over a year ago. I worked my ass off trying to save people, trying to trying to be there for everybody, trying to be there and uh, like in every possible way for everyone around me that always needed something. And I, I did it for family. I did it for friends and I did it for people I was dating at that time. And what happened? I became sick. I began sick because I was just doing things and I burned myself out and I stressed myself out to the point that my body started getting seriously yeah. ill and um I got in debt it, it was just it was a really really bad moment for me and even though it didn't all have to do with the fact of me helping other people but that definitely was you lost one, yourself a bit. one of the reasons but <laughs> I, a bit I really lost myself <laughs> out there and I really lost myself out there and what happened once I I was no longer able to give a lot of people disappeared yeah and that's how you know when someone does not value you because if they are only there when you are willing to give and help them out and a lot of those people are now showing up in your life now that you're better and they're like oh my goodness i miss you how have you been oh my goodness desi it's been so long can i come crash at your place oh can we go out again can we do this yeah i've literally had friends from like that literally left the second that they saw me ill left and then now everybody's trying to hit me up facebook messages whatsapp like sometimes i don't even know how they get my number because i changed my number and they're like hey do you remember me do you want to go out and i just sit there and i just tell you like i feel so uncomfortable because where were all these people when i when i needed them like i just it's it's um it's something that has happened to me because I've always tried to save a lot of people. I've always tried to to be there for everyone, even if that meant that I didn't have the resources at that time. But I somehow yeah. made myself have the resources to help someone. And it was just um, it was really tough. And it's, it, it's a tough pill to swallow uh, to know that not everybody's going to be grateful for. And, for and, and, and here's something you need to know. Uh, I talk about. A- about this in a lot of podcasts and a lot of workshops, but I'm gonna talk to, uh, to you guys about it from a different narrative. At, it's called the Benjamin Franklin eff- effect. Blah, blah, blah. If I could speak, the Benjamin Franklin effect. And basically, usually I tell you guys, you know, one of the best ways to build a strong relationship and deepen a relationship is to ask for help because it's a compliment. You're including the person, you're making them feel valued. And there's been a lot of studies and experiments done that prove this concept of if you ask for help, they're very likely to see you in a better light and they basically reinforce that relationship in the mind over and over again. And there are many positive things from uh, that come up from learning to ask for help. But yes. the flip side of this is one of the other 
things they discovered is Benjamin Franklin, when he needed to create political alliances, he discovered that the people that he had received help from before were very happy to help him again. But the people that owed him a favor, they were not likely to help him again. And why is this? How many of you have lent money to someone and then they disappear from the face of the world? Oh my gosh, that's what we were talking about last time. If I could if I could just get everybody that owes me money since high school, I would literally be able to pay one month of rent that we pay here. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 that's the thing. There are so many people that think that being generous is a transactional thing. I do this for you and then you give me this back. The problem is that when you feel like you're in debt to someone, you resent them. You get frustrated, you start devaluing them and you start justifying why you don't need to pay them back. And many times because you can't pay them back because you don't have the resource to pay them back. So many times you start pushing away people that you owe favors to or owe money to because it's like it's uncomfortable to be in debt with someone. So when we talk about giving and receiving, we have to be aware of this tendency. When you start giving, start giving without any expectations, please. And if you do end up giving with expectation, in certain circumstances, there are negotiations of, you know, I'll help you with this, but can you help me with this and let's do this. If it's in a more collaborative space, if it's more of a teamwork situation where you feel like you're in it together, then the debt won't feel as big, but it is up to you to make sure to not make the other person feel like they owe you meaning never tell them i need you to be like this and do this exactly like this because i did this for you and list all the things i did this i did this i did this i did this because then they just feel a crazy amount of pressure and they'll start resenting you and pushing you away so it is better to be like more of a collaborative effort of you know what let's work together i can do this i can contribute this what can you contribute what is within your resources and abilities and confidence because we have to understand that you cannot give stuff that you don't have and if you do it's really it's gonna blow up on your face exactly and how many people commit to things they cannot deliver yeah how many times do we commit to things that we can't deliver and then we just feel an ex- like a crazy burden, a crazy pressure to perform. And it's it's actually better when you don't promise things uh, to people when you just help because you want to help. Yeah. Because, well, for example, I'm going to use our relationship. When I first met Yannick, we, we I honestly didn't think he was going to call back. <laughs> um, and we were just casually like seeing each other i told i think i told you i didn't want a relationship you told me that you weren't in a good way like we we just we said we both were in bad points of our life and we didn't think we could find a relationship that would work because we both were going through hell in that period exactly and yannick didn't tell me hey i'm going to i'm going to give you this i'm going to give you that i'm going to help you out of your anxiety i'm going to help you with the panic like he did not promise me a single thing if I saw him, if I if I would go on dates with him, it was because I wanted to be with him, not because I expected something in return. And he let me know on the first date, you know, don't ex- don't have any expectations. Uh, even you, you even told me I don't uh, give flowers as gifts i don't buy girls flowers which now i do because you <laughs> um, really like them but i've i've yeah I, 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 I basically what i did for the beginning i was like listen during that i mean we met like literally a 
week or two before my grandfather passed away or something. Like yeah. around the time where my I was really Tense. in the middle of taking care of my grandfather that was passing away. And it was a, a very tough period for me. Yeah. And I remember when I, I met Des, it was like, listen, I, I'm not in a position to promise anything or commit too much because I'm in a very, very dark spot right now in a very difficult position. So I can't commit too much. Like, understand, one, my top priority right now is taking care of my grandpa. Two, I have a business to run and the little energy and confidence I have left over after dealing with my grandfather passing away right now and literally deteriorating in front of me, a lot of that, like the remaining energy goes to making sure that the team is well. And I, I was like, with me, you're dating someone who's going to be either taking care of family or working. You're going to go on dates with me and I'm going to be on my phone taking care of people. Or we're going to go on a date and it's going to be in my house because I got to check on my grandpa every few minutes and like make sure that he's fed, make sure that like he's in a good shape within, I mean, what was possible. So it was like, I, I cannot disconnect from all these responsibilities. If you're okay with that, you're welcome to, I, I can integrate you into my life, but I cannot like abandon these people or abandon these things. So like, don't expect me to be this super romantic guy that's going to take you on these amazing dates and like do all these things because I'm not in a position to do that right now. And the funny thing is that my bar was set so low <laughs> that when Yannick told me all of this and I was like, wait, this is your worst, like you're, this, you're in your worst right now. And I was just like, no one has been this nice to me. No one has been this creative. I've never had so much fun on a date like I do with you. Like I, I explored places in, yeah. in the city that we were in that I've never been to. And it was so weird to me for him to tell me, don't expect this and that. But for me, it was like I my like I said, my the bar was so low for me that I was just so like, oh, my goodness, what is he going to be like when he's at his best? Like, what is he going to no, do? No, that, that was the thing. Like, we both were good at like not creating any expectations. We we're like, listen, I cannot commit too much. This is what I've just been through. This is what I'm going through right now. If you're OK with that, let's see what we can do. But just don't expect too much. And we both exceeded each other's expectations because Definitely. we didn't overpromise and underdeliver. On the contrary, we underpromised and overdelivered. And when we talk about being generous and giving, one of the things we have to understand is don't commit to things you can't follow through with. Yeah. Definitely. Don't promise things you can't do. Or maybe just don't promise anything at all and just surprise the person because that's what Yannick did. Yeah. And I was very thankful uh, when he did that because I didn't expect anything from him. I didn't expect much from him. And a year later, we're living together. Yeah. We're, we're really, I think it worked out because none of us expected anything from each other. No, and, and that's the thing. When, when you are saving someone or you're helping someone if you create too many expectations people start taking it for granted first of all yeah second of all you will under deliver many times and create a lot of frustration yeah. third of all you will commit to things where you will resent the other person because you cannot deliver so when you choose to help someone make sure to evaluate what are my resources what are my capacities what amount of time do I have to spare? What amount of resources do I have financially? What type of level of confidence do I have? What can I actually commit to? Um, and it says here, Manatee says, 
Uh, yeah, fun is the most important thing. I stayed more than 20 years with a guy because I loved him, but above anything else because I had fun. Then something happened. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about relationships, especially if we, we're talking about relationships where you're helping someone out, just understand that you can lighten people's days. You can brighten people's future. Like, you can really do a lot by just bringing light into people's homes, bringing light into people's uh, lives. And I think we were both a source of light for each other during periods of darkness. Yeah. And and that's something that, like, uh, whether you do it with fun or you do it with optimism or wh- however you do it, that is something that really, really is important. And I want to uh, you to reflect, and, and if you're listening, the people you're helping, are you bringing light into their uh, lives or are you doing it as an escape or as a burden or are you getting sucked into their darkness? Yes, because I think we've both been victims of trying to help people and you get sucked into their darkness. Yeah. And then when you're not able to no longer help, um, they look at you as the bad person. Yeah, because you set certain expectations you couldn't deliver and then they were sent you. It's like, you've changed. You no longer do this for me. It's like, I did that because I was in a position to do it because I had more confident. I was more regenerated. I was, I was more optimistic about the future. A lot of things have happened and that now the context has changed. The variables have changed and it's no longer possible for me to do that. That doesn't mean I'm suddenly a bad person. It just means we are no longer on the same page anymore and that doesn't work anymore. Uh, and, yeah, you got to be aware of, have you crossed that line of like, I'm bringing light to this person and then crossing into the, oh my goodness, I'm getting sucked into their darkness. Yeah, and then just feeling like you're, it's a, they are a burden. Like yeah. once, once they start feeling, you start feeling like, oh, it's such a burden to be helping them. That's how you know, okay, you have, I have burned myself out. I have stressed myself out. I've, yeah. I'm being sucked into this negative feeling. And um, I guess it's just, the, the I don't know even know how to say this, but when you help someone, like you said, you need to know the reason why you're helping that person. Yes. You if you are expecting something in return, you Mm-mm-mm. that's that's just <laughs> no. Do not help someone if you're expecting something in return. There are yes, there are exceptions, but very rarely. And if you're going to help people like don't do it selflessly yes do it generously do it generously because you want to help that person and set your don't like set high expectations towards that person because if you don't meet them then that person will just expectations that's a really important thing to talk about from various different angles because one what expectation do you set in terms of what help you can provide and two what do you expect the other person to achieve with your help Understand that sometimes you're going to help someone and the help that you give them, they're only going to take advantage of it six months later or a year later. Yeah. Like when I met you, let's say a year ago, we helped each other within what was reasonable, within what we, we could, but we were both in dark places and we were only able to receive so much. Yeah. A lot of what has actually helped is stuff we started back then, but that actually the results showed up months later. Yeah. And that's something we have to be like, yo, 
am I also expecting things to be like, oh my goodness, I'm going to provide this to this person and everything is going to be magically fixed? No. When you're dealing with people that have been victims or have challenges or are going through darkness, you got to be hella patient. Like things take time. Things take time. There are a lot of insecurities that have to be uh, faced, a lot of traumas that have to be uh, worked on and, and recovered from. There's so many different things, so many different layers to, to recovery from anything you can think of. Things don't change overnight. Yeah. And you got to be patient and don't feel like a failure if you're helping someone that is taking longer. Don't put it on you because that's another thing that happens. When you have a savior complex, sometimes you put all of your confidence, like you link all of your confidence with your ability to help someone. How many times have you felt like an absolute failure because someone that you were helping did not receive that help? Yeah, definitely. That happens to me and that happens to you too. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, we're talking about you now. <laughs> that happens to Yannick a lot when he, when I'm, I'm not going to blast you out here, but... I don't know what you're talking it about. sometimes happens to him when he is helping someone and that person, you know, it, they're not changing or it's not the result he wanted. It's not going as like, yeah. And so sometimes he tends to do that good thing about us is well Yannick and I both have the same elements we have fiery first and then we have uh earthly as our second element so the good thing about having that is that when Yannick is being too earthly I get in my fiery element and I tell him hey this and this and that and when I'm too earthly he gets in his fiery element and he like we we balance each other and we call each other out when it's like oh hey don't you think you're helping that person too much don't you think this person this person's gonna be like that or remember what that person did yeah. last time do you really think they need your help and yeah that's a good thing about us that we call each other out on that but sometimes both of us tend to um I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Depend on helping other people to feel confident about ourselves. Yeah, and if it, it if the result isn't what we want or is not as fast as we want it to be, we both tend to feel really bad about yeah. ourselves and it it like No, we both have to remind the other person, you know, be patient. These things take time. Yeah. They might have to hit rock bottom. They might need to have a big aha moment. You cannot force it. You've already done your part to help them and and, and, and make it clear to them that you're there for them, but they have to also make a choice themselves. You can't force change for someone. You can help them in their path, but they have to choose the path. And there's certainly been times where each of us have kind of wanted to shake someone and help them, and it's like, why are they not responding? Like, why? Yeah. Like, please wake up. And, and, and it can sometimes take time for people to respond, and that's perfectly okay. Like, they just understand. You're going to help people with patience, without expectations. You're going to be generous with people. Also, how many of you have given a gift to someone and you're just waiting for the reaction? And if they don't react with it, yay! <laughs> you're like, ah. But what if what you are giving them now, they can't appreciate in this very moment because they're in a not so great place. For three months down the road, they're going to find that thing and they're like, this is just what I needed. Oh my goodness, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. Sometimes there's going to be delayed reactions to things. Yeah. And you cannot beat yourself up when there's a delayed reaction. So ask yourself, why am I helping this person? Am I bringing them light or am I getting sucked into the darkness? Am I in a position to help or not? Have I committed to more than I can do or not? 
What expectations have I set and what expectations do I have from the other person? Can I eliminate certain expectations and reduce expectations both ways or make the expectations at least more flexible so that they're not so specific that the surprises and bumps along the way devalue the whole process? Because let's face it, we're dynamic beings with both internal and external factors that influence us every given day. And we're going to be pulled in different directions and they're going to be surprised along the way. You know? Understand that that's normal. Don't beat yourself up. You have a hard time with that. Yeah, I do. I if I can't if I can't help that person in that moment, or if I don't feel like they like the gift um, example is very good because if I don't feel like they're reacting the way that I want them to react to, with whatever I'm helping them in in that moment, I make my I I I don't know. I lose confidence. I I start to get in bad mood in a bad mood and. It just, it starts affecting me in my personal life. And when I need to stop and realize, hey, I'm helping this person. I'm not obligated to help this person. And if it's working good, if it's not, well, I tried. But it's not my obligation to make this person feel better about themselves. Um, And sometimes as as someone that tends to be a savior all the time, we, we forget that. We forget that yeah. you are choosing to help. It's never, you should never feel like you have to help someone. No, and you've had a challenge because you have your own mental illness battles that you've dealt with for years with anxiety, with depression, with agoraphobia, which is the fear of embarrassing yourself in public because you get anxiety in public and things like that. So, like, she has had a hard time committing to a lot of things because the anxiety has affected her so much but that doesn't mean she doesn't want to help or it doesn't try to help right and one of the big things that happens is she wants to help people but then her anxiety affects her and then she beats herself up and it's a vicious cycle and then she creates more anxiety because she feels like she has failed the person when in reality it's literally a circle inside her own head yeah that I'm trying to work on and it's 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 difficult because sometimes I, I I make plans to help someone sometimes I I I put myself in a position like oh hey I'm going to help you and then anxiety kicks in and then I hate myself because I'm just like I'm supposed to be helping someone right now I'm yeah. supposed to be doing this or that and I'm not there and when we talk about including yourself in giving and receiving in yes saving people but also you know respecting yourself giving yourself certain luxuries or or spoiling yourself or giving yourself the experiences that you need, you have to also include empathy and patience with yourself too, not just with the other person. And that's something that we both sometimes struggle with. Both have to learn how to. (laughs) No, it, it is a challenge because obviously it's very easy to get excited about the possibilities for someone, right? We... And especially if you have a great capacity to see the best in people, then it's very easy to be like, oh my goodness, this person could be so much more, could do so much more. And you then fantasize and idolize this possibility. But then you start devaluing the now because you are like, I'm not in the future yet. Mm -hmm. But maybe that future is five years away, 10 years away. But then we start beating ourselves up because we're not there yet. How often do you do that? I do that all the time. <laughs> Every single day. I do that all the time because I want things to happen now. And I I, I work for like 
two weeks or one week I work hard on on a certain goal and then I don't see any results as fast as I can and then I stop doing it and then and then it's just it's something that I need to work on because I I I need to work on being patient and being consistent and it's something that oh my goodness it's really really hard for me and if I don't see the results fast then I start getting annoyed and yeah <laughs> it's it's not good um but it's also the same when you try helping someone or when I try helping someone if I don't see them getting any better if I if I don't see anything positive out of what I'm doing it's the same thing I feel like I'm wasting my time and 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 as a person you need to you need to be patient yeah you need to be patient but as well don't go to the other extreme where where you use that as an excuse for someone that doesn't want to change yes that's a very very good point <laughs> yeah I'm just gonna ignore that point because that <laughs> That's not relevant for me whatsoever. Sometimes I'm not. I'm not gonna say names, but no. I I know um, that me and another certain per individual sometimes we we go to the other extreme and we use the fact that oh this is not gonna change overnight, but we take it too far. We take it to the point that we are there and we give that certain problem too much of our time and too much of our energy and we don't realize that it's because that, that person yeah that doesn't person want doesn't want to change and that's a problem that yeah that i mean we have. yeah it's it's like how many of you have like gotten very excited and invested so much into a person that you feel you like you're at a point of no return it's like i've already invested this amount of years so this amount of money in this person i can't just give up now because I'm in too deep. Like, that has happened to me. It has happened to me in so many different ways. Obviously, I, I'm a leader. I'm a uh, business owner. And I best save people all the time. And uh, obviously, there comes a point where you feel like, okay, now there's a point of no return. I have invested this much into this person. So now we have to figure it out. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's like, you know what? We're in this together. And you know what? This is not, people are not disposable and blah, blah, blah. And we can do this and let's figure it out and let's not give up. And like, we've come this far. Why turn back now? But how many times do we do that with relationships to the degree of like, you know, the relationship is not working anymore. But you're like, I have invested this amount of time into this relationship. Yeah. Spending like finding a new person and like building a new relationship and sharing all my traumas and all my goals and learning about them. And then you just uh, like, ah, I don't have energy for that. And then you stay in a terrible relationship because you're like, ah, relationships are draining. And no, relationships are not draining. They, they shouldn't be. They, it, every relationship is going to have its ups and downs, but in general, a positive relationship is going to regenerate you more than it's going to drain you. That's like, you should be better than the sum of all parts in a relationship. Like, everyone should win in a positive relationship. If you feel like you're getting, like, cut into pieces or, or, or discouraged or feel belittled, then it's a bad relationship. And so, how many of you are stuck in bad relationships, but you just feel like, I've invested too much into this relationship, so it's like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, and then you just stay stuck there. And honestly, I would be scared to be with a person that I no longer 
you know, no longer want to be in a relationship, but I'm just too lazy to find someone else. I'd just be like. No, but we also end up doing things like, oh, my goodness, where am I going to find someone like that? Like I had a very, very abusive girlfriend. I was like, where am I going to find another girl who likes cars and video games? Hi. <laughs> well, the the funny thing is, one, it's super common. And two, you don't really care about that. Like when you really have self-respect, you care about how do people treat you? How do you get along? How is it to spend time with that person? You don't have to share exactly the same interests. Yeah, it's it's okay to not to not like the same things, to not be into the same things. Like Yannick and I, in some aspects, we're the complete opposite. Yeah. Um, and for example, he likes superheroes, and I'm not very much of a fan of them. Yeah, she introduced me to a superhero program yesterday but the umbrella academy is different okay uh-huh. it's not like superman uh, uh, and stuff here's the thing des has this wonderful ability to conclude that she doesn't <laughs> like something because she sees something that she doesn't like and then she thinks she doesn't like it in general like she told me for many months that she doesn't like seafood and then i learn do you like shrimp yes do you like salmon yes do you like tuna yes do you like uh like normal fish fillet <laughs> yes do you like uh, shellfish? Yes, oysters. I love oysters. Like, <laughs> but she's like, I don't like it. <laughs> and that has happened so many times. And it happened with the superheroes too. It's like, I don't like superheroes. And it's like, do you want to watch Suicide Squad? Okay, but Suicide Squad is about the villains. Uh-huh. The villains, I love uh-huh. the villains. So, but it's like, do you want to watch Suicide Squad? Do you want to watch Umbrella Academy? Do you want to watch The Joker? Do you want to watch this? Do you want to watch that? I'm like, all of these are superhero movies. <laughs> but yeah, that that's a funny thing too, like side note. But yeah. But just definitely laugh. you guys don't need to like the same things. Like you sometimes we we want everything to be so perfect for a person to be so perfect that we we don't realize not everything's going to be exactly like you want it to be. Okay, so we have a question here, Manatee says statistically do you guys believe that there are more victims than saviors or would you uh, would it be the same? Because I found more victims in my experience. For context, last week we talked about victim mentality and how common it was to, you know, being addicted to being the victim and how we use it to manipulate and how uh, sometimes we take it too far and we reinforce things that don't work and uh, make it part of our identity instead of using it to grow and evolve and blah, 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 blah. Great episode. Watch it if you haven't already. Uh, but uh, in terms of this whole, like, how many people are saviors? How many people are victims? I don't know the statistics, but I will say there are more saviors than people realize. And uh, I say that because in my personal life, I live with so many people that are have savior complexes. But I also will remind you that many people have both at the same time. Many people have both a victim mentality and a savior complex at the same time because many people who go through adversity, yes, some people become bullies and assholes because that's how they feel powerful. But some people learn that helping other people prevent certain negative experiences or help people recover from certain experiences is a way for them to process their own traumas, right? So there are so many different things that can happen. Um, so I would be really hard pressed to say one is more common than the other. 
because I've just seen so many cases of both sides. Like I've seen so many cases of both sides. But maybe I'm biased because I work in personal development and everyone I like work with and live with and collaborate with to some degree is passionate about helping people. Um, what what's your opinion on the matter? What have you seen most? I think it, it depends if the person wants to help you or not. Um, I don't know how to say. It. I don't know how to explain myself. It's just get closer to me. I've I've had I've had people um, not want to help me, but can help other people. That's a good point. Like yeah, so there are some people that we can see as either victim or not a savior, but maybe they're not saving us or doing it in front of us, but maybe they're doing it more privately or helping other people with other contexts. That's a good point because I know this for a fact. I know certain people that are very passionate about certain minorities, and then they focus very much in those niche areas, but maybe with their personal friends, they aren't as passionate because maybe they get very passionate about this is the area where I can have the biggest influence. Or maybe they think that you are better than you are and that you don't need help because you haven't communicated that you need help. And then they maybe don't come save you, but maybe they end up in a relationship saving someone. I know so many people that end up being a savior in a relationship that when I met them, they were a victim. But then they end up in a relationship with someone who's gone through a lot of traumas, has a lot of mental illnesses, has a lot of challenges, and then they become the savior too. So, like, the same person can have multiple different roles and at the same time with different people in different environments. So, it's very hard to generalize. I would say it's it's definitely common to see both sides. I don't think there's a disproportionate amount of more victims than saviors. And a person can be a victim and a saver at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think there is certainly something to be said about people that are trying to be saviors but just don't know where to start or don't have the confidence to do it. Because there are a lot of people that have a savior complex but don't have the confidence to reach out and are trying to, you know, reach out, but doing it very discreetly or very privately. And there are also a lot of saviors that are, like there are a lot of philanthropists and saviors that help without wanting their name on what they're doing. That's another thing. Like, actually, one of the, this is a fun story, one of the uh, things that uh, I think really a big part of the foundation of the relationship between Des and I is when we started talking, she was, she's an English teacher and uh, she was teaching in a poor neighborhood in an underprivileged school. And she had some very difficult uh, students. And uh, one of the students was a problem student that everyone else had given up on. And she was like, I can't talk to him. There are all these rules and all these things that I can't reach out to him individually, but how can I help him without going in individually? How can I help the whole group but really focusing on, you know, showing him that there's hope and that he shouldn't give up? And then I was like, yo, what What if we do a field trip? Can you ask permission? And then I was like, I give you the money to send all of your students to the movie theater, but don't tell them there was me. Take the credit because they need to feel like you are the one investing in them. And I was like, I don't want anything to do with the credit. I don't want them to know where the money came from. You need to make them feel like you're a teacher that hasn't given up on them and that you believe in them. And I'm like, I take a back 
Like I'm, I'm not even part of the equation. No one <laughs> needs to know who I am. And like, and she's like, this is amazing. And she loved it. And, 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 and we got really excited about that. But there are many times that there are philanthropic uh, things that it's better to not have a face. It's better to not be like, yo, I need credit for this. Because if you take credit for it, they're going to think, oh, he's just doing it because he wants to be a philanthropist to improve his business, blah, blah, blah. So a lot of kind of conspiracy theories kick up about uh Philanthropist. I mean, look at Bill Gates now, all the people that think that he's created all these problems when he's actually saved millions of people all over the world. Yes. Uh, absolutely crazy. So there are many people that just choose to be more private. Also, obviously, some people are more introverted than than extroverted. And in those cases, they might even like even more so be be private about their lives and their spending and their investment, right? So just be aware that sometimes there are people that are helping but without being like, look at me, I'm a savior, I'm a savior, I'm a savior. Like, there are people that, that do that. Um, and yes, uh, Manatee uh, says, that's a great answer, depends on the context that they're performing. It could be both. Yes, it's very often both. Um, and there are some people that are bullies at school, a savior at home with the grandparents, and a victim with the parents. Like, you can even be all three. Yeah, you can. Like, you have been a bully, you have been a savior, and you've been a victim. Yeah. All three, very clearly. Yes. One, All at the same time, but just different different environments, different people, different atmosphere, like everything has to be yes. like. No, no. And that's, that's something you have to understand. People are not one-dimensional. People are not one-dimensional in different areas. They're going to act in different ways. And that is something that the sooner you realize that the same person can be a bully, can be a savior, and can be a victim, you stop putting people into boxes. Yeah. And you, you yeah, you... I was going to say that, <laughs> and I realized you said it. But yet, you stop putting people into boxes. And the reality is, it depends exactly based on our context. And the same person regenerated with more inner confidence can help more, can save more. And the same person, when drained and insecure, can feel more like a victim, can feel more defeated, and can become more of a bully. I know because, for example, me personally, when I'm drained, when I'm insecure... I start putting other people down to feel better about myself. When I'm drained and I'm insecure, I start feeling like a victim, like it's not fair, and like, why is it like this, and why is it like that, and how can it be, and it's just my luck, and blah, blah, blah. But when I'm a bit more regenerate, I'm a bit more confident, I'm like, I can help everyone, I can change this, I can turn this around, I feel more in control of my life. And sometimes when I'm drained, I will even, I sometimes I will go to the, I will save people. And sometimes I do it because it's like, ooh, I'm going to save someone to feel valuable. So again, in different contexts, we react differently. So sometimes you become a bit of a bully. Sometimes you become a bit of a savior. Sometimes you start saving for the wrong reasons. Sometimes you save for the right reasons. And there's so many variables, so many factors that influence the direction in which we take our personality and in particular our elements that make up our personalities. And we are a mix of personalities all of us, and like, yes, for example, Des, she will have moments where she's like on fire and no one can stop her and she will uplift everyone, inspire everyone. There are going to be moments where she's going to be like, yo, I'm overwhelmed, this is too much, gets anxious, this and that. And like the same person can fill so many different roles. And I believe strongly that with more compassion, with more education, we're going to have more saviors every day. 
I also want people to not be saviors for the wrong reasons or with the wrong people. Because when we do that, that's when we get lost. And I have many times invested too many years saving people that were ungrateful in dark places that took me into the darkness and brought me into like depressions, basically. And I, I'm like, I wish I could take that time back and help different people. Yeah, I think both of us feel that same way. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a big, it's a big thing. Like, being a savior, don't do it as obligation. Don't do it as a societal or cultural thing. Don't do it because it's trendy. Don't do it because it's woke. Don't do it because of this. Do it, do it because you have evaluated your resources, your confidence, your ability, your context. And you're right now in a position to help someone selflessly, without expectations, without getting lost and sucked in. And help people with things that regenerate them and make them more powerful. Because sometimes as saviors, we cut people's wings. Yeah. Sometimes as saviors, we make people useless. How many times have we overprotected people and made them pretty much useless? Especially if you're a parent. I've seen a lot of parents. You want to save your children from being um, a failure, from being... Uh, disappointed in themselves and you 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 don't realize that you're cutting their wings yeah and maybe something didn't work out for you but maybe it's gonna work out for them and i think well i'm not a parent and you're not a parent obviously <laughs> but i think that sometimes as parents you you have to realize that you can't always be there to no. save them every single time you have to let them fall and and, yes. and like hurt and hurt themselves in order for them to learn because if you're always there trying to save someone um and you don't let them experience their own pain their their own mistakes what happens it it, it could blow up like no, and i saw that with my family i was i was taking care of my father, my grandfather, my uncles in so many different ways in so many different areas. And it came to a point where I had to do everything, supermarket, banking, uh, cooking. Like I had to do so many different things in different contexts, different moments. But I realized, wow, these people have been adults for how many years before me? 40, 50, 60? Before I was even born? And now I'm the one taking care of them. And like, I get it. Sometimes elderly people need help with more things. But I took it so overboard that there were definitely individuals that were more than capable that I just assumed that they weren't and I did everything for them. And their lives became more boring and more small and they had fewer relationships, fewer friendships, and less interesting careers. And when I was became willing to, you know, I'm going to let these fail. I'm going to focus on my grandfather that clearly is at an age where he definitely needs things. Like, I'm going to help him the most because it's clear. But there are other relatives that maybe I should back off a little bit. And I started backing off a little bit, letting them fall. And the funny thing is, all of a sudden, they get more job offers. Their businesses started booming. They started just being so much happier because they started realizing their capacities. And sometimes when we overprotect people, we make them feel like a vic like like they can't do things. It's... Like, for example, with you, sometimes I'm like, oh, yes, everything's going to be okay, babe. It's okay if you have anxiety. Don't worry. I've got your back. But sometimes I'm like, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you because I believe in you. And sometimes that's what you need to hear. Because if you 
keep being treated like, oh my goodness, you're a fragile piece of glass that's like gonna break. Like if anything happens, you're gonna feel like shit. And like, but if you go like, you know what? I'm gonna be there for you when you have low moments, but I'm gonna challenge you at the same time. That's a good way to help because there's nothing worse than being treated like you're fragile. Yeah. How many times have you been treated like you're useless and fragile? A lot, probably most of my life. And that has gotten me into a mentality. Like, for example, in the fragile part is like, oh, you can get sick easily or this or that, or you can't do this. And and um, and that has gotten me to a point where when I first moved in t- with you, I think everybody went through the f- through a cold or through a flu, something like that. And I was the only one that didn't get it in the apartment. Like everybody else had it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get sick. And I remember even telling Yannick, like, be ready because when I get sick, I I get fever and I get this and I get that and I have to be in bed and I can't work. And, And I was just freaking out. And... I did not catch it at all. And there were many times where you got ill. You haven't and I gotten just... sick since we started dating. Yeah. Right now with allergies. Yeah, <laughs> right yeah, now but with you've allergies, never gotten like bad. an illness. Like I've had a few colds, like two or three colds probably, and you haven't even gotten one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, when you make someone feel like they're fragile, sometimes you... You're just waiting for like, oh, when am I going to let people down? When am I going to fail? When am I going to get sick again? When am I going to break? Yeah. And... You keep thinking that, oh, I'm going to break. Yeah. But you don't. But I don't. And it, it's really frustrating for me because I feel like I'm going to break or I'm going to get sick or, or something's going to happen. And sometimes I, if I remember when we travel, like when we go down uh, to visit my parents, I always have to take my, my meds and I have to take this just in case I get this happen. And, and you make that pe- person feel like they're less stronger than you feel and even though you you do it with the good with good intentions but sometimes you make them feel less stronger than they actually are yeah and that's something you gotta be very careful with you gotta let people you know learn from the mistakes and find creative solutions you know you gotta let people face some adversity and one little thing that will maybe help you feel a little bit more confident about people that you're worried about there are studies uh that show that rebellious kids are less likely to fall victim to peer pressure and therefore even though they look like they're being irresponsible there are certain lines they will are less likely to cross than someone that always says yes to their parents because people that are trained to always say yes if they are in a toxic environment they will say yes to the wrong things yes and you got to be very careful with that I have seen so many people of amazing, wonderful people that have had so much stability in their lives, but then they meet someone who's not the best influence and then they lose themselves and say yes to everything with them. And then it's like, what happened here? And then I've seen people that like everyone thought would be the first to get pregnant as a teenager, the first to uh, uh, go to jail, the first one to have a drug habit, the first one to become an alcoholic. And because they were a bit more rebellious, but they actually turned out to be the most responsible of them all. Like, for example, you, a lot of people thought you were, you were a bit of a, more of a rebellious. Oh, I was terrible. Teen, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. But now as an adult, do you drink? No. Do you do drugs? Nope. Do you have any vices aside from shopping? Nope. 
No, I really. She does have a shopping problem. I, I have a shopping problem. Yeah, We're working but, on it. But, but aside from that, like, <laughs> in terms of your day to day life, what do you spend most hours doing? Uh, shopping. Mm-hmm. And working. <laughs> and working. <laughs> like, like. Do you have any toxic friends that you see on the regular? No, I, I, I really don't have any toxic friends. I'm not surrounded by toxic people. Yes, maybe in my past, but I guess that I I don't even know how to explain it, but what Yannick is saying is actually really true. Sometimes as uh, you, you think that the person that the rebels are the ones that are going to end up bad, but m- most of the time that's true uh i i was a rebel i would get into fights i would i i I did drugs when i was a teen but like every like i wasn't an addict but i tried alcohol for the first time and i was just like what is Uh. this like i even tried i tried the cheap like beers thing and then i tried like the kind of like higher price and i was just like nope this isn't for me and the thing is um I just, I guess I, I tried everything when I was younger and I was just like, this you is got it out of your system I, fast. I don't know if I got it out of my system, but maybe I did. Um, and now, nowadays it's really hard for me to get peer pressure into something. Yeah. Like if I don't want to do something, I won't do it. If I don't want to listen to someone, if I don't want someone to, to be a part of my life, it's easy for me to just be like, no, Bye. and that's something I admire greatly about you. And it's a general trend of scene and there are studies to back this up this is not something i'm just pulling out of thin air but you have to understand some of the people that you're most worried about right now might surprise you given the right opportunities or the right environments to grow and also ask yourself you know why haven't they been able to grow is it because they're ooh poor boohoo victims which sometimes they are victims but many times we overextend and like oh boohoo when actually all they need is just someone to believe in them. Yeah. I know so many people that, yes, have had a lot of challenges with bad habits and bad environments and bad stuff that I've wanted to save. And I realized when I just tried to help them, I was like, yo, this person is actually has a lot of dreams, a lot of capacities, a lot of skill sets. And they've just been in an environment where they were always punished for everything, told off or beaten for everything. And they just feel like an absolute failure. But actually, just by telling them, listen, I believe in you. I'm here if you need me. They figure it out by themselves. Like, it's impressive. Like, you have a little bit that. You have the context that you got beat up and you got, you know, treated like not the best. And people always told you that you wouldn't amount to anything and that your sisters would be the ones that would be super successful and that you, I mean, didn't even, like... There was general yes, the theme I'm, that you were the dumb one. Like, yeah, that was the general theme. And that's the thing when you when you put someone in a box and you 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 start to repeat it to them over and over again, they start to believe it. Like till this day, I feel like I'm not the smartest person. You um, keep telling me <laughs> it's because you're smart and I'm dumb, and I want to study something because I'm dumb. That's what you st- like. To this day, you still have that narrative. Yeah, I still have that narrative because I don't feel like the smartest person. And Yannick is here telling me the complete opposite. Like, yeah, and and sometimes it just gets stuck with you. And we need yeah. to stop labeling people. We need to yeah, stop. And, and and if you are saving someone, ask yourself. In your protective savior spirit, have you cut their wings? Have you made them feel useless? Have you made them feel like they aren't capable? Have you made them feel like they will depend on someone else to take care of them? 
Or have you made them feel powerful? Have you challenged them to level up? Have you challenged them to face fears? Have you challenged them to actually, you know, realize their potential? Which of the two? Because sometimes when we're overprotective, we make people feel like they're incapable of doing pretty much anything. And when we're trying to save someone, we realize we're doing the same thing. Yeah, and I this is something I've learned the hard way. I've I've saved people the wrong way so many times. And it took me a long time to realize one of the best ways to save a person is, yes, process your traumas, but let's use those as a fuel source to realize how strong you are, how capable you are, how resilient you are, and use that as an energy source to level up. And that's something very, very powerful when you make that switch. But yes, just reflect in your lives. Are you helping people that are ungrateful or not ready? Are you losing yourself with expectations? Are you giving the wrong expectations? Are you helping for the wrong reasons? Are you putting people in boxes? Are you doing things where you're getting lost and forgetting about yourself? And also, do you know how to receive do you know how to receive support, <laughs> love, encouragement? Sometimes it's challenging. And that's the thing. If you are going to be a savior, which there's nothing wrong if you do it right with the right people and you don't lose yourself, ask yourself, are you including yourself in the equation? Are you receiving? Are you making sure that you're not left behind or that you're not cutting yourself into pieces to save people because you can save people without cutting yourself into pieces and that is something that the moment you make that switch everything changes when you realize you can create win-win situations that include you you'll have more fuel to help more people without running out of steam or out of confidence because if you get sucked into the darkness with the wrong person helping someone who's not ready you're going to feel like an absolute failure so Reflect on how you can approach this with more fun, where you bring lightness to people and where you just lighten everyone's moods and things get better. But also be open to the fact that maybe you need to change things. Next week's episode, we're going to be talking about this concept of recalculating your route when your route is not working. That applies to, are you trying to save someone in a way that's not working? Maybe your, your way is, uh, approach is not working. Maybe you're approaching it from the wrong angle, with the wrong context. You haven't updated yourself in the context. Maybe you don't have the resources to do it the same way anymore, and you have to do it differently. But also, thanks to the pandemic and your business and your career and your family life, where are you trying to force a path or a route that's not working? And can you recalculate your route, like with your GPS, where you go like, yo, this other route is going to work better for me. So I want to share with you guys the promo we made for next week. And now we're actually experimenting with square promos, which is kind of fun. Let me just find it here. Make a silly dance while I put it on. <laughs> hey there. Quick question. Are you stuck on a route with many roadblocks and with no clear idea of how to get to your goals? Has this recent pandemic and global shift in how we do business, how we work, how we live day to day, has this whole pandemic gotten you in an uncomfortable position where you have no clarity on how you're going to get from where you are now to where you want to be? Well, many people are in the same boat. I was in the same boat a few months ago where I had to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We've canceled all live events, all expos, all conferences, all workshops, 
everything has to go online. I mean, we have to recalculate everything, reevaluate everything, make new plans. And that was an uncomfortable period because it meant learning new skills, trying new things, and really adapting to a whole new reality. But the worst thing you can do right now is force a route that isn't working. Think of your GPS. Your app is constantly recalculating, evaluating where is there a lot of congestion, a lot of traffic, where are there too many tolls, you know, which route is going to be cheapest, which route is going to be fastest, which route is going to go through the path you want to go through with the experiences you want to have, you know, how many stops do you want in your route? Those are things that your GPS can calculate and can optimize for you. Now, take that concept and apply it to your general life. Start thinking, how can I recalculate my route to maybe spend less if right now money is an issue, to maybe get to your goals faster if you are stuck and paralyzed, maybe have more stops on the way if you need to stop somewhere for a pit stop to recharge your battery or a pit stop to learn a new skill, take a new course, learn something, figure out what you need in order to get to where you want to get because on your GPS, obviously, when you need gas, you're going to plug in. I need gas. When you need sleep, I need a hotel. So in your life, what stops do you need? But also what route is going to get you to where you want to get without unnecessary distractions, without unnecessary paralysis, without unnecessary stress. Think about it. That's something that I've been going through both in my personal life, reevaluating all my personal goals as well as in my career and my business life. You know, I had to think in the business, how are we going to manage? How are we going to change things? What skills do we have to learn? What resources do we have to acquire? What stops do we need to make? And it requires enough confidence to get into the uncomfortable again, because you're going to have to, you know, make a fool out of yourself, try new things. You're going to have to experience things that you didn't think you needed to experience. You might need to realize that, okay, the whole world has changed now and I'm trying to hold on to something that's not realistic nor relevant right now. And the market has changed, the conditions have changed, the day-to-day -day lives have changed, and I can either curse everyone out, blame everyone else, blame the government, blame conspiracies, you know, blame all everyone else or i can be like this is the reality right now whether i like it or not whether i believe in all the stories or not this is a fact of life now how do i adapt to maximize the opportunities because while right now there's a lot of frustration and there's a lot of defeat there's also a lot of opportunity opportunity to innovate opportunity to grow opportunity to learn new things you have way more time than ever use that time wisely. If you want to join the conversation about this, if you want to explore this topic further, join us in our live transmission of our podcast, Develop Yelment Unplugged, this Sunday at 4 p.m. Central Time, either on YouTube or on Facebook, we're on both platforms, and join the conversation, join us in the chat, ask questions, come up with suggestions. Let's explore all the possibilities to find a faster, more efficient route with the correct stops. That's my invitation for today. So if you're interested, tune in this Sunday and I'll see you there. Have a good one.
Okay, so we're back. That's a little promo. And uh, yeah, we're doing it square because we're going to put it on Instagram too now. But yeah, funny enough, on the stream, it shoves it all the way to left. So I'll have to figure out that for next week so that it's centered at least for next week. But yes, definitely join us next week because it's it's a very important topic. I think a lot of people right now in a situation where they have to reevaluate a lot of things. They have to stop being stubborn, stop forcing a path that's not working get unstuck, find a path with the right pit stops and, and, and with the right route, uh, the right experiences, and to get to where you want to get, right? So let's uh, let Stephanie start thinking about that for next week. Join us next week. Bring the comments, bring your questions, bring your thoughts, bring your suggestions, bring your ideas, because I think right now we're living in a point in history where everything has changed and we have to change with the times and not just hold on to the past. So... Uh, and to just wrap things up with the whole uh, savior complex thing, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a, a savior. Just make sure you're not doing it for the wrong reasons and the wrong ways for the wrong people and uh, that you're doing things within your resources in a way where you're bringing lightness and where you're not getting sucked into the darkness of others and where you're actually having the impact you want. And sometimes you have to learn to say no. Sometimes you have to learn to say this isn't the right time or or sometimes you have to focus on yourself to increase your resources, your confidence, your capacity to be able to help uh, people more and better without losing yourself or cutting yourself into pieces. Do not beat yourself up if people aren't willing to receive or aren't receiving in the exact same way. You can ask questions on how they would like to be helped in case you are helping in a way that's not ideal for them. But don't beat yourself up. Sometimes the help you will provide others will take time before they will be able to receive it and process it and utilize it. Be patient with people. Be patient with yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. Don't be too hard on others. Uh, and uh, yeah, diversify the amount of people you help and uh, diversify your sources of uh, regeneration and confidence so that you don't only depend on helping people to feel good about yourself. And also pick your battles, you know. You're not always in a position to help. You're not always the right person to help that person. And maybe you're, it's not the right time for you to help. And maybe it's just not the right thing for you in that moment. So just know when to say no. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a terrible person. In fact, sometimes it's more generous to set low expectations and then exceed them later, as we said. like some with When we met each other, we we're in dark places so we set very low expectations and luckily we were able to exceed them and there's a lot of value in that too so yeah that basically wraps up today's episode anything you would like to add about this very important topic no no so with that in mind i say have a good one see you next week same time same place we love you guys thank you for the comments don't forget to like and subscribe on youtube and on facebook and uh, if you have any requests for topics, make sure to send them in. And with that in mind, bye-bye!